0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to This Is Your Normal. I am your host, Bob Ohms. How can a cat born with extra toes change the way we treat each other? In this episode, we will hear from Katie Maskey, author of the book, Ferdinand with the Extra Toes. Katie is an advocate for invisible disabilities, and believes our differences are truly what makes us special. She will encourage you to never be afraid to stand out from the crowd. You, yes you, can inspire others just by being who you are and showing the world your uniqueness. Please enjoy this episode of This Is Your Normal. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm honored to be talking to you today about your book. It's called Ferdinand with the Extra Toes.
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: So uh, this is an instant classic in my house. I have two kids, uh, currently five and two years old. And any book that has a cat as a main character is definitely a favorite in our house.
1: I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) It's a good age for the book, too, I feel like. I mean, the two might be a little young. Hopefully, they enjoyed the pictures and, you know, just listening to the story. But, you know, five, I feel like, is a pretty good age for the book.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the two-year-old loves the pictures of the cat. And (laughs) I don't want to spoiler alert, there is this book is about a real cat.
1: It is about a real cat, yes.
0: (laughs) It's about your cat.
1: It's about my cat. My cat with extra toes. Yes, he does legit have extra toes.
0: Gotcha. Um, So let's just go to the beginning of the journey between Katie and Ferdinand.
1: Yes. So the journey begins, you know, in one of those little rescue visits where you go to the animal shelter because you're, you decide you need a new cat for your family. That's where we were at. We, um, my husband and I, uh, have always had cats and we had, unfortunately, one of our 16 year old cats had passed away and, you know, it had been a few months had kind of passed and we were ready for a new family member and we've just always adopted from local shelters. So we started looking and our cat that had passed was a black cat. We just Mm. love. Black cat personalities. I don't know what it is about them, but they are—they're just really cool cats. So we knew we wanted another black cat, and um, we found Ferdinand at the shelter, and we saw all of his extra toes, and just thought that he was extra lovable. Mm -hmm. And yeah, his name was Bear at the shelter. You know, they give them shelter names. Um, which is one of the cat's names in the book that I also referenced to. That's where that came from. Okay. Um, So he had his little shelter name. We wanted to change it. So we named him Ferdinand. So that was... about almost going on three years ago. Uh, he was eight weeks old at the time, and just a little tiny, little scrawny, little cat, little kitty, and he had these giant paws because of his extra toes, so um, so that's kind of where it all started.
0: You would think that, um, I mean, did the shelter know that he had all these extra toes? Yes,
1: the actual term for a cat with extra toes it's a thing is called a polydactyl cat okay so interesting story there a polydactyl cat is like the scientific term I guess for it Mm -hmm. but they also call it the Hemingway paw have you heard of
0: that I have Uh, my wife and I went to Key West on our honeymoon yes and we walked past the Hemingway house Yep. And there was this whole thing about a six-toed cat and yes. whatnot. Yes. So- so-
1: the story is it's actually Ernest Hemingway, you know, the, the famous Ernest Hemingway. He apparently had a, a fondness for cats with extra toes and essentially kind of started breeding them. And so they tur- they kind of, as time changed and went on, they just, start- I don't know who they is, but they started calling it the Hemingway Paw. Hmm. And um, if you go to Ernest Hemingway's estate there in Florida, apparently they have, I've heard a- in I don't know, about 30 of uh, polydactyl cats that they have on the estate that are actually taken care of by the estate and everything was really cool. So, cause they, the extra toes are actually a, uh, it's a birth abnormality, but if one of the cats have that, and then they breed with another cat that maybe doesn't generally, there's a, usually at least one cat in the litter that, you know, has that, that ends up with that abnormality. So it's not, super common. It's not super uncommon. It's just kind of, um, it's probably less common than, you know, cats with the regular paws, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of the little connection with the Hemingway paw.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That kind of makes sense to me since I've, I've, I, we walked You've been past. there. <laughs> yeah. We didn't go in. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's a lot of cats inside.
1: Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's right here.
0: Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately I will have to admit, I do have a cat allergy. I
1: was just going to say, you're not a cat person, are you? <laughs> well, I love
0: cats. They're very interesting. Um, yeah. My wife had a cat when I first met her and um, I she
1: decided to keep you.
0: She and kept she... me and the cat. <laughs> uh, we got along just fine. Okay. I managed my allergies. Okay, you know? good. Uh, unfortunately, the cat has since passed, but right. uh, that's when we started having children. So,
1: Gotcha. Uh We never had cats growing up because my sister was always allergic. So when my husband and I, um, you know, started dating and then we got married and moved in and all that, we decided we just figured cats were a little bit kind of I don't want to say easier, but just fit into our lifestyle a little bit more because, you know, they're a little bit more independent, kind of self-sufficient. So um, we didn't have to worry about, you know, having somebody be home to let the dog out or anything like that. So we've just always had cats. And I kind of just say my husband is the crazy cat lady because he loves cats. And so when I didn't have cats until, you know, until later in life. And I actually, true story, the very first cat that we adopted is still alive with us today. She is 18 years old.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yes. So very first cat that I've ever had. Um, she is 18. And I think back about all the crazy stuff that that cat has been with us through. So <laughs> it's very it's crazy, And she still jumps up on counters and all of that. Wow. So, yeah, she's she's doing good.
0: What's that cat's name?
1: Her name is Daphne. Daphne. Yep. Okay. Daphne. And she is kind of one of the cats um, in the illustrations in the book. But I didn't use her name because I figured, you know, D-A-P-H-N-E. That's a a little bit hard for kids to, like, figure out how to pronounce and all of that. So um, I kind of just named her Daisy in the book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's Daisy. Okay. So there's Daisy, Bear, Fird. And whiskers.
1: whiskers. Whiskers. Yeah, whiskers is one of the those are the three little neighborhood cats. They're kind of they're not the main characters in the book at all, but I did want to put, you know, names to them so that they were, you know, they had their own kind of personalities and whatnot. So and Whiskers is really just because it's kind of a common cat name. Uh, com- so I just <laughs> <common use that.
0: laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. Uh so we know a little bit about Ferd the cat. Yes. Um, he's your is he your bestie?
1: Yeah, you know, he's um he's very different than the previous black cat that we had, but yes, he is. um, He's really fun. He's cute. He's a little bit more shy. I should say than our, our previous cat. Um, He was definitely more outgoing, but he's a little shy, you know, he kind of is reserved. He's shy in the book. He is shy in the book. So, um, and I do think the other cats, you know, pick on him a little bit here too. So um, that is a little bit, you know, true there. They're not quite as mean to him as maybe the book, um, but. But yeah, so there is some truth there.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, So let's get to, we know about the cat. Um, Yes. I want to know about Katie. This is your first book that you've authored. Yes. Have you always wanted to write a book? How did this happen?
1: (laughs) So this happened so randomly. Um, You know, when the pandemic started and, you know, everything was on lockdown, I am a person that is literally always on the go. Always, always. I mean, from work to events after work, to volunteering, to whatever I can kind of get involved in. I love being involved. And when everything shut down, For like an extrovert, that is a very difficult thing, what, you know, to be told that you can't be out with people. And so I just needed something to kind of redirect some of my energy, focus on something positive. And I had always kind of looked at Ferdinand with his cute little extra toes, which if you've never seen a polydactyl cat, um, he, his toes look like mittens they literally look like I mean it looks like it's got a little thumb with the round part it looks like a mitten it looks like he's wearing these big mittens so I just always thought that was really cute and I just thought it he would be a cute book character or, you know, a cartoon character or something along those lines. And I've always had that thought, but that was just the extent of it. Then when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, I started thinking more about it. And I thought, you know, I should write a children's book. Mm -hmm. I just think that, that there's something there and it, that was it. I never had like a desire or I'm, I'm not a big writer. I kind of always joke, like if there's anything before a beginner level author, that was me. (laughs) So I was definitely at that, you know, before beginner level stage. And I just started doing a lot of, you know, Googling, Google was my best friend, started figuring out, you know, what is, a good age range, how many pages should it be? How many words should be on each page? How many sentences? How many illustrations do I need? Um, and just started really kind of doing the research and focusing that time that I would normally be, you know, doing something into putting it into the book.
0: Wow. Was it a challenge? I mean, uh, you said it kind of was like spur of the moment. So I'm it thinking was. this. I've never written a book. So this, this, (laughs) in my mind, this is an impossible task. So,
1: so for me, and I've had so many people contact me after I like announced about the book once it was published and everything, Um, how did you do it? Or I have so many ideas and I don't know where to start. And, For me, it was just literally writing things down. And I didn't even like I pulled out my phone. You know, we all have our little notes section on our phone. And so I just that's where I started. I mean, I didn't even pull out my laptop, you know, or anything. I just. I started writing on my phone as the ideas were coming, and I thought about a storyline. and I knew I wanted, you know, if I was going to write a book, I wanted it to be something with an important message. Um, in my day job, I work with children, I work with kids, and you know, so that was important to me that they were going to be learning something from it. So once I kind of figured out the plot and where I wanted the direction of the book to go, the words came pretty easily. Then I had to move into like now I have to find an illustrator and I have to, you know, put a visual with the words. And then we kind of worked through all of the So was it hard? Yes, it was definitely hard. There was definitely aspects of it that were hard. I learned so much. Um, but the words themselves, I felt like came pretty easy just because once I started, you know, once the juices started flowing. So that's my Advice always to people is once you have the idea, just start writing, just start writing and worry about the rest later
0: that's a good inspiration. Just start writing
1: just start just do it, just do it
0: just do it just do it. <laughs> um can you walk us through what the story's about?
1: yeah, well, obviously with Ferdinand having all these extra toes, that makes him different, you know that makes him different than the other cats, so I wanted to, you know, how do we translate that so that kids can understand this message? And, you know, kids love animals. I think for the most part, most kids love animals. You obviously know that with your kids. And so they're easily relatable, you know, kids can relate to animals and they, they feel for animals when animals are hurting, they hurt, you know? And so the storyline essentially is, you know, Ferdinand's different. He never felt like he fit in with the other cats of the neighborhood. And, you know, he was trying, to learn how to embrace his differences. And so one day, you know, I won't give too much away. I'll kind of give a little bit of a... a, a storyline but the he does try to befriend the other neighborhood cats who had kind of you know poked fun at him and you know typical teasing all of that because he was different so he decides to try to you know continue to be their friend he follows them one day as they kind of go off into the woods at the end of the neighborhood and they get into a little predicament that um let's just say because Ferdinand had these extra toes some good things were able to happen because of that and I think they found then those other cats found a new um a new love for Ferdinand and his differences and how cool he was um because of the the situation that was able to get corrected
0: and he felt pretty cool about himself too
1: felt pretty cool by himself. So it was, it's a story of acceptance, um, not only for accepting other people that are different than you or other beings that are different, but also accepting yourself and embracing your own unique qualities and how they can really make you so special. Um, You know, that's really the storyline is that, you know, you're extra special because of what makes you different and what makes you unique. And maybe you can do things that other people can't do because of that different quality or that trait so that's really kind of where I was going and I I, again bringing it to a a kid level and really you know having them have those feelings for Ferdinand the cat and what he was going through and experiencing so then maybe that could you know make them think about kids in that same respect other kids that they know that maybe are different from them or or maybe even if they're different than from other kids you know that they know
0: where'd you learn this message
1: I don't really know. I mean, it it just kind of came to me with, um, with writing the book. And, you know, that was what I I wanted to reach out. And I, I feel like because I do work with kids all the time, and, and, you know, and growing up, I feel like we all kind of go through that at some point in our life, feeling like we don't belong or feeling like we're just a little different or that there's something different about us. Um, I, I feel like we all go through that at some point. And, and so if I can do something to help kids feel a little bit more normal or feel like their differences are what make them super cool, then that's really what I wanted to accomplish.
0: What's your uniqueness? You wrote, you wrote a book oh. that's pretty unique, but what's the uniqueness, yeah. I guess, because you're talking about embracing your uniqueness in this book. Yes. So I want to know what makes you unique?
1: what makes you unique oh that's such a good question um it's funny because i compete in pageants and you know i was mrs ohio several years ago i moved to michigan so now i'm competing for mrs michigan coming up here um and that's always a pageant question what makes you unique (laughs) so it's one of those like cliche questions that we all kind of like okay what do you say here um but i'm going to give you my non-pageant patty answer here all right thank Um, you honestly Yes, yes. You know, I feel like our life situations have, you know, make us each unique, or different, I should say, if you if there's not like a physical trait or quality. And, and I feel like, you know, given my life situations, um, I feel like there's, there's many times where I'm stereotyped. I'm a blonde, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm, you know, I've I have a, a decent career. I, you know, I I love cars. I do a lot with different things like that, and I, so I think there are some stereotypical especially when I say I'm a pageant girl, you know, there too. But, you know, I grew up and there were um, unique experiences that I was dealt with. I had a, you know, a father that was an an addict and, you know, had to kind of work through that as a family, um, which he later passed, you know, pretty early in life. And because of, you know, all of the the addiction that he had, it kind of took a toll on his body and, and it did ultimately, you know, is what kind of ended his life there. And um, so that is a a unique experience that I feel like has really shaped who I am. It has given me a lot more empathy for people that are going through different situations like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think especially when you have an addict in your life, it's um, you learn so much. You learn, learn, learn so much. I think it's easy to stereotype that, you know, as well. And um, my father was such a great father. So I don't ever like to to say he was an addict, but you know, it is what it is. So that's a unique experience that I have been um, handed. And then when I was just getting ready to get married, just a, you know, a couple months, I ended up in the hospital. I felt really, really ill. Um, I had to have some major lung surgery. Um, I was in the ICU. I was in the hospital for a month. I had some, some pretty major surgeries. And like three months later I had to walk down the aisle, Mm. which was very interesting, but, um, since then that has actually left me with some pretty intense chronic pain. Uh, They had to cut me open from front to back in my rib cage and all my nerves have kind of been shot in my ribs. So I have experienced a lot of issues there, which um, people don't, that you can't see that. You know, when you look at me and you see me on the go and doing all of these different things, you're not seeing the pain that I'm experiencing. So that's really kind of another unique feature that kind of got me involved in the Invisible Disabilities Association. Okay. Um, so in the book, you'll see a little bit in my bio that um, that is something that I advocate for is invisible disabilities. And a lot of people um, don't know what that is. Do you know what that term is?
0: I don't. You can, we can go as far as you want on this topic. I I am all in on this. I love everything that's going on. So let's keep going.
1: I'm going to give you some info there because this does kind of relate back to why I wrote the book too. But um, Invisible Disabilities is essentially that illness, a uh, disease, disorder, a symptom that you can't physically see with the eye. So, chronic pain, um, mm-hmm. mental illness, uh, addiction, even. Um, you know, there's fibromyalgia, MS, any of those autoimmune disorders, or, you know, even people that have maybe a physical handicap have other symptoms or ailments that you can't see them experiencing. That is what we consider an invisible disability. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that has, you know, kind of lived with that, it's hard for people to understand what you can't see. You know, I mean, that's that's true in a lot of things in life. When you if you can't put yourself in somebody's shoes or you don't understand, then it it is hard to to relate. And so Um, That's another thing that kind of, I feel like makes me a little unique. It's important for me to kind of educate people on invisible disabilities and just taking that extra moment to educate yourself and, and learn more about what that is. And, you know, once you really think about invisible disabilities or those, those, all those things that I kind of just mentioned, there's so many that even the um, invisible disabilities association won't name everything because there's so many different disorders and, you know, Um, illnesses that people have that can be categorized under that invisible disability term that we don't want to leave anybody out. And so um, once you really think about it, you probably know somebody um, more than likely, you know, somebody or you yourself, even now you're thinking, well, you know, this, I've lived with this all my life, or I've had, you know, maybe a mental um, illness or whatnot. And that's categorized under an invisible disability. And so writing the book, you know, that's also something understanding, acceptance, it kind of goes back to that whole um, message of the book.
0: Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to my mind when you're talking about this is patience. Yes. Just it's one of those things like when you meet somebody, just be patient with them.
1: Absolutely. Because I can tell you, as somebody that has lived with chronic pain I feel like I'm crazy sometimes. You know, you you live with it so long and so much. And you have good days and you have bad days, and you have days where you can't get out of bed, and you have days where you're like you forget that you have this. And um, and so you feel like you're crazy sometimes. And you know, the bad days, other people around you can often tell that you're off and they don't know why. So when they're patient with me, or even my husband who has had to, you know, he's been around this whole time with everything that I I've experienced and, um, so patient and just so understanding. And, um, you know, it's hard for him sometimes too, to see me in pain or see me suffering or whatnot, but, but you're absolutely right. Patience is really patience and just understanding empathy.
0: You touched on something that I've experienced personally myself about, uh, like if you're just having a bad day, people around you kind of pick up on that. Yes. Um, I've been called moody, mm. unpredictable.
1: Okay.
0: A loose cannon.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, it's, and that's
0: what she's kind of made me think about that patience. It's just like, you know, I wish sometimes people would just have a little bit of patience with me, uh, maybe have a little bit of understanding, kind of wonder why, right. like, wow, I've been working with you for the past four days in a row. Everything's been cool. Something's different today. Like, I'm not asking you to uh, pry open my whole life story, but maybe right. just have a little bit of patience.
1: Well, and I think that's where too, sometimes we need to do a better job of explaining ourselves too. you know, as I think about invisible disabilities and we're always talking about, you know, we want other people to understand, but in order for them to understand, we need to explain. And, you know, so if I'm having a bad day or I am in pain and I tell people, you know, oh, I'm, I'm my, my ribs are just really hurting me today. I'm sorry. I'm just having a, you know, I'm having a bad day. I don't say that so that you say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, what can I, do? I'm letting you, I'm just letting you know so that you have that understanding of what's going on. Um, and that's where I think a lot of us that do have some of these chronic illnesses, that's just all, that's all we ask for. You know, we, we don't want people to feel bad for us mm-hmm. or to, you know, to feel like that. But, you know, we just want you to understand that, you know, we all have these kind of moments and, um, and it's okay. And it's, it's absolutely okay. Not, you can't be hundred percent all the time.
0: We all have some extra toes.
1: We all have some extra toes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Is there anything else um basically that you wanted to touch upon? You you kind of threw out a couple things um with the pageantry. That's yeah that is totally out of the norm for me. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. So I didn't know if that's something uh you wanted to chip in a few. <laughs> yeah, you know, of, it's uh, it's
1: funny because I didn't like I was never a pageant kid when I was a kid like it wasn't a thing for me Um, and it wasn't until after my dad had passed away Um, I was in my uh, late 20s he was he was only in his mid 50s at that time and um, it was that year after his passing that I was experiencing so much grief you know I mean I was really young and I was really close with my, my dad. Our family is really close. So um, that year, you know, my husband had kind of looked at me and said, you need to, you need to do something with your time. Like you're, you're sad all the time. Your dad would hate seeing you like this, and so I kind of just created a bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was one of those guys; like he just lived his life, you know. And so I, I said, I need to do some cool stuff. I'm going to create a bucket list. Um, at that point, I had never been on an airplane, so that was on my list: get on an airplane by the time I turn 30. Now I fly <laughs> all over; I have no problem flying. So that's check check mark. Um, I, you know, I also added on there: compete in a pageant. Wow. I have no idea why. I honestly have no idea why I put that on there.
0: It's a bucket um, list. Why not?
1: It's a bucket list. Exactly. And I have done a lot of uh, modeling and kind of as I was younger growing up, then I, I did some like runway classes and things. And I liked that aspect. And so I thought, you know, this is kind of maybe like another area of modeling that I can get into. I'll try it out. And so I of course, did some Googling um, like we all do. And I, I found a little pageant system that you know looked interesting. So signed up for it. I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Um, so I competed in that first one and I did not win. I, I did not do that great. However, the other misses competitors that I competed against were so nice and so accepting and so welcoming and just had so many great stories to share. And they were telling me all about these great, you know, things that they do in their communities. And I thought this is a really interesting world to step into. And I thought, I, I want to, they're so encouraging. Mm-hmm. They they really see something cool in me. I I'm, i don't think I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I competed in another one a couple of months later, I won it. And I've never looked back. I've done a, a few. I've held a couple of national titles now. Um, like I said, I competed in one Misses. I have Misses Ohio title. I went on to compete at Mrs. United States in Las Vegas against, you know, all of the states, and I placed in the top fifteen there. Um, so it was it's pretty cool. It, but I will say it is a stereotyped industry. And so if Mm -hmm. I can teach you anything about it, what I can teach you or tell you as an outsider is that it's so much more than a beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. You'll never hear me call it a beauty pageant um, because it really is about you as a person and, you know, your confidence, but also, you know, what you're doing to make a difference in this world. What kind of legacy are you trying to leave? That's the kind of representative that these states and these pageant systems are looking for. Um, so there's a lot of community service. These women are doing a lot of good things in their communities. So that's what I love about it.
0: Wow. That's good to know. That's yeah. uh, like you said, it is a little bit stereotyped. The more education we can get out about pageantry. Yep.
1: Absolutely. So if you ever meet somebody that's in a pageant, ask them what their platform is. That's generally, you know, what they advocate for, what they're like an ambassador, like for me, invisible disabilities, and just kind of talking, you know, that that world of disabilities and acceptance and all of that is my platform. Um, But any pageant girl, most pageant girl will have some sort of advocate that, you know, that they want to advocate for and that they'll want to talk to you about.
0: And don't ask them what makes you unique.
1: Oh my God! You can ask them that, but they might roll their eyes first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I well, I have to work on uh, the way I ask my questions. I'm glad, but you, you, you took the question and, and you ran with it, and I appreciate that. I just thought that was kind of funny. I didn't, I didn't really know about the whole uh, pageant yeah. thing with you and all that kind of stuff. So hey, I'm here
1: to educate. <laughs>
0: That's very good. That's very good. Um, so, okay, I love your message. Okay. Thank you. Um, that's what this whole podcast is about. And and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate. I didn't beat the word normal to death this time. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But that's just what it is, is accepting each other's norms, accepting each other's invisible disabilities, uh, being patient with each other.
1: Absolutely. Understanding,
0: understanding. Yep. Uh, these are all really good things and th- this is exactly what I was looking for. So I really do perfect appreciate your message and uh, you taking time out with me today.
1: Yeah, yep. I appreciate you talking about my book and promoting that. I mean, if you're, I will give a little plug if you don't sure. mind, if anybody is interested in looking, learning a little bit more about the book. You can go to my website, greencloverbooks.com, okay. and you can purchase through Amazon or my Etsy page where I will author sign it and what I call autograph it, Ooh. which I don't even know if your book is signed.
0: It's is not. Signed? I didn't know. Oh, uh, yes. Since you're a new author, I didn't know how many books you were going to produce, so I, I yes. hit the buy button right away.
1: Yes, Amazon is easy, it's fast. You know, I only have a small supply and I, I generally reorder as needed. Um, but yeah, so I actually took Ferdinand's real paw print and you know turned it into a stamp so I only print did it once with him it was you know there were no Ferdinand's harmed in the making of the stamp <laughs> Um he was not thrilled about me doing it but um we took his little paw print and I turned it into a stamp so then I stamped the books with his uh, real paw print too that you get in there
0: are you planning any um, book signings anytime soon
1: I'm trying. So yeah, I did a lot of book signings when we launched the book um, over the winter. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of, you know, tried to keep it, you know, socially distant and all of that. But I have um, talked to a few local places that were looking at doing some, um, some events or things around the book. And I am working on book number two, oh, just to throw that awesome. out there. Yes. Yeah, so um, working on a few things. And then I do have, I love doing right now the virtual book readings. So I have yeah. some schools and some classrooms that have been starting to reach out to me, some teachers saying, you know, I'm going to purchase the book for my classroom. We would love for you to do a, you know, a Zoom reading with us. And what I love about that is then I can bring Ferdinand into the mm-hmm. reading so the kids can, you know, see the real Ferdinand. Ferdinand, which they absolutely love, and again, he always he always looks so thrilled. You I know, think on,
0: um, there's a Facebook page for for the book.
1: Yes, Ferdinand with the extra toes. There's a Facebook page and an Instagram page, of course.
0: Okay, it <laughs> um, is is the you did a live a live Facebook reading of that. Is that still yes. on the page?
1: Yes, I did not delete it, so I did okay. that. I'm actually working um, with a friend that we're going to video. Uh, Reading and I'll actually have a nice professional video of me reading the book too. That will be available if, you know, there's any kids that want to, you know, see that and I'll, I'll make sure to bring Ferdinand in that video too. So working on that, but then yes, working on book number two, I've already actually written it Um, for, it is another Ferdinand adventure. He kind of meets a new character in this book. I'm not going to give too much away, (laughs) but the new character that he does meet is another real live animal that I will, you know, be showing a real life picture of at the end of the book, just like I show the picture of Ferdinand at the end of this book. So I'm really excited about it. My illustrator has all the words right now. She's working on the illustration. She is also local to the Ohio area. I didn't mention that. She's an amazing tattoo artist, a dear friend of mine. That's who did my illustrations. I love her work. And she also has a son who's autistic. So she does her illustrations you know, to speak to really like how she reads to him and how he likes to look at pictures and and all of that. So that's important to me too. And, And she's just as invested in the project as I am.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, the illustrations are fantastic.
1: I love the illustrations. She like totally nailed him as the character and they're awesome
0: that's the great thing about uh, having a podcast with no video is the uh, listener actually has to go purchase yes. this book now <laughs> to see how great the illustrations are yes, and to see please. what his magical paw could do to help out the clan
1: yep absolutely please do get it through Etsy and I'll send you you know an autograph autographed version
0: right and i'll I'll look for um one of your next book signings and we'll bring our book and
1: yeah yes definitely yes'll we'll have, you have to, a book- uh, Perfect. We'll I'll stay signed. tuned. Stay tuned. I'll put all my events on my website as I get them planned out and all of that. And, and then hopefully maybe we'll come back around for another podcast when I have book number two out.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: Awesome. I'm game.
0: <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Say so your website one more time.
1: Greencloverbooks.com.
0: Greencloverbooks.com. Thank you very much. Uh, that's Katie Maskey. And thank you for listening to This Is Your Normal. In closing, acceptance of each other's normal. Acceptance of each other's invisible disabilities. Patience, understanding, empathy. In a world with constant distractions, many times we are unable to see, unable to understand, That the person sitting next to us may be suffering. Be present for each other. You never know, you may find a cat with extra toes. Thank you for listening to This Is Your Normal.